grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. for this 10th Sunday after Pentecost is found in the book of Genesis chapter 18 beginning at the 20th verse. The Lord is speaking to Abraham. So the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very flagrant, I will go down now and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has come to me. If not, I will know. The two men turned from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Abraham approached him and said, Will you really sweep away the righteous along with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep them away? and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it. You would never do such a thing, killing the righteous along with the wicked, treating the righteous the same as the wicked. You would never do such a thing. The judge of all the earth should do right, shouldn't he? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people within the city of Sodom, then I will spare the entire place for their sake. Abraham answered, See now, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it on myself to speak to my Lord. What if there are five fewer than fifty righteous? Will you destroy the entire city if the number is five short? He said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. He spoke to him yet again and said, what if only 40 are found there? He said, I will not do it for the sake of the 40. He said, please do not be angry, my Lord, but I will speak again. What if 30 are found there? He said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, see now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to my Lord, What if there are 20 found there? He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. (coughs) He said, please do not be angry, my Lord, but I will speak just once more. What if 10 are found there? He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle lesson is found in Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2 beginning at verse 6. Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him by being rooted and built up in him and strengthened in the faith just as you were taught while you overflow in faith with thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit which are in accord with human tradition, namely the basic principles of the world, but not in accord with Christ. 
for all the fullness of God's being dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been brought to fullness in him. Christ is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done by human hands in the putting off of the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with Christ in baptism. And in baptism, you were also raised with him through the faith worked by the God who raised Christ from the dead. Even when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ by forgiving us all our trespasses. God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. This record stood against us, but he took it away by nailing it to the cross. After, after disarming the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them by triumphing over them in Christ. This is the word of our God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning at the first verse. On another occasion, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and tell him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine who is on a journey has come to me, and I do not have anything to set before him. And the one inside replies, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give it to you. I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his bold persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I tell you, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's word for our consideration today is the, the words of David, 
in Psalm 6, inspired by the Holy Spirit. For the choir director with stringed instruments, according to Shemanit, the Psalm of David. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not discipline me in your wrath. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am fading away. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are trembling and my soul is terrified. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver my soul. Save me because of your mercy. For in death no one remembers you. In the grave, who praises you? I am worn out from my groaning. I flood my bed all night long. With tears I drench my couch. My eyes are blurred by sorrow. They are worn out because of my foes. Turn away from me, all you evildoers, because the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. They will be put to shame. All my enemies will be terrified. They will turn back. They will be put to shame in an instant. This is the word of our Lord. Dear fellow redeemed sons and daughters of God Most High, brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, fellow recipients of the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. We've heard a lot about prayer today. In the Old Testament lesson, we heard Abraham plead before the Lord in an earnest, persistent prayer for the people of Sodom. And you remember, his nephew Lot and Lot's family lived in Sodom, the family of four, six short of ten. But yet, Abraham, in persistent prayer, went to the Lord and asked, even for the sake of ten, would you spare some? Jesus' disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus taught them the familiar to us now, Lord's Prayer. And then also taught his disciples about persistence in prayer. Those beautiful verbs that continually asking, seeking, and knocking with the Lord in faith and according to the Lord's will. And in Psalm 6, we have the first of the penitential psalms, going to the Lord in prayer. Penitential, repentance, the same root word. And when we think of repentance, we think of sorrow over sin, yes, but also faith, which trusts in the forgiveness of sins that the Lord has won for us. And the third part of repentance is also turning from sin and living a God-pleasing life. And David, in this psalm, though he does not list a specific sin like he does in other psalms where the heading speaks of the time 
when he is penitential before the Lord because of his sin with Bathsheba and that entire episode, here he comes in faith to the Lord. And we know, first off, he comes to the Lord in faith because he uses the name Lord eight times in ten short verses. In fact, he uses the name Lord five times in four, in the first four verses. And that's not because he couldn't find a different word to use. And it's not because the Holy Spirit couldn't find a different word with which to inspire David to use. It's because the Holy Spirit wants to hit home that beautiful name of the Lord. This is the name given at the burning bush. This is the name, the special name given to the people of Israel. It reminds them and us of God who is faithful to his promises. That name in our modern English Bibles that is spelled out with four capital letters. That name given to Moses, I am who I am. That eternal God. That name that David begins the song. He puts it at the place of emphasis when he says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not discipline me in your wrath. Hebrew poetry, and especially the Psalms, have a very vivid way of painting a picture. The words that the Holy Spirit uses paint this picture of the Lord's anger against David that daily freely admits his sorrow over sin. The first word there, when it talks about, talking about the Lord's anger, literally means nostril or nose. Now you think about a time when you've made someone angry. Maybe in your youth you did something you know was wrong. Your parents especially knew it was wrong. And their nostrils just flared out against you. And they were breathing heavy. Can you picture that in your mind? That's the picture that David paints here. That's the picture that the Holy Spirit paints here. And David is pleading. He's using a Hebrew imperative, but not daring to command the Lord, but in a pleading tone he's saying, Lord, do not rebuke me when your nostrils are flaring. Do not discipline me in your wrath, literally in heat, when a person is so angry that you can just feel the heat coming off of them. And why should the Lord's nostrils be flared against David? And why should he be so in such heat or so hot against David? Why, when we say the words of this psalm, should the Lord be so angry, wrathful against us? Because of sin. Are we perfect before the Lord? Have we kept the Lord's law perfectly? Have we obeyed his commandments perfectly? No. What does God expect? even demand of us 
Be holy, as I, the Lord your God, am holy, he has said in Scripture. He has every right to flare his nostrils against us, to have that heat coming off his face against us. And yet we go before him and we beg of him, Lord, do not discipline me in your anger, or do, do not rebuke me in your anger, or discipline me in your wrath. Yet calling upon the name of the Lord in faith. Remember, this is the same Lord who has sent his son upon the cross. The same Lord who has done this in love. And David gets to that as well. The Holy Spirit reminds us of that in this short psalm, in Psalm 6. He says in this next verse, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am fading away. God's mercy, God's graciousness reminds us of that courtroom scene where God is the judge and we are the defendant. plead guilty. How could we plead anything else? We are guilty. But yet God, for Christ's sake, bangs the gavel and says, not guilty. Your sins are paid for. And David and we rely on that. David, again, going before the Lord, pleading, be merciful to me, Lord, relying on the God of promises, the God who does not break his promises, the God who does not one day when the sun rises says, you know, that was the past. This is today. I think I'm going to play a different game. That's not the Lord. You and I might break our promises. Maybe we change our mind. Maybe circumstances change where we're not able to fulfill our promises, where we might have every intention to do so. But because of whatever the reason, we're unable to. Not the Lord. The Lord keeps his promises. The maker of heaven and earth. He created everything we see. He's able and willing to keep those promises of salvation. Every day that the sun rises, his promises are there. And they are trustworthy. And we rely on them as David did as he calls upon the name of the Lord. He says, for I am fading away. Literally, the word means feeble. You saw earlier how I was stumbling around. My balance is not so good. There are some in here today that need assistance with our walking, right? We don't use the word feeble that often anymore, but that's the basis of this word when David says, I am fading away, I'm feeble. His sins have affected him, even in his body to that point. They have caused him to become feeble, to be weak. He even goes on to say, heal me, Lord, for my bones are trembling. Into his very bones. And that, that Hebrew word there means hastening. If you've ever been cold enough so that your, your bones are just shaking, they're moving so fast. In the English, we might say, 
our bones are trembling, or we're, we're terrified. Because David knows without the Lord, we know without the Lord, the consequences are devastating. Paul says the wages of sin are death. Without the Lord, hell awaits us. And that should cause our bones to shake and to tremble. And he goes on to say, my soul is terrified. In fact, it's the same word as that trembling. To his very soul, his very inner being. But yet he still clings to the Lord. He doesn't say, be afar from me, Lord. There's nothing you can do for me. He doesn't give up all hope. He doesn't say, I'm, I'm without hope, I'm beyond it, I've sinned too much, I've gone too far. He clings to the Lord. He is affected by his sin. Yes, it causes him deep grief and pain, as our sins often do. And they should. But he goes to the Lord, sorrowful over sin, trusting in the one who can help him. And then it's as if he can't even find the words to say. He says, just in short, little staccato bursts of words, he says, but you, O oh Lord, how long? He can't even say whole sentences. Maybe you've been at places like that in your life. Maybe a situation is so dire, you don't even know what to say or put whole words together into sentences. You can't string sentences together. That's what David does in the second half of verse 3. But you, O oh Lord, how long? He's so overwhelmed by his sin and his guilt. It means that much to him. And it means that much to us as well. And yet, he still clings to that word, Lord. He still knows where his salvation comes from. It's not as if he's lost his faith. It's not as if he's lost all hope. He is sorrowful, yet clinging to the Lord, as the Holy Spirit directs us in Psalm 6 to do as well. Again, he pleads the Lord, Turn, O Lord, and deliver my soul. Asking the Lord to turn his face towards him. If you remember in the benediction at the end of all of our services, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. David is asking for this. He's pleading for the Lord. Lord, turn to me. Turn to me and give me your peace. Save me. Why? Why save me? Why does David say, save me? Why? Because I'm king? Because you've anointed me? Because I've led your people in battle? Because I killed Goliath in battle? Because I am so good? Do we dare go before the Lord and say, Well, Lord, you have to save me. Look at the good things I've done. Look at the good I've done in your name, Lord. You, you have to save me. David doesn't dare say that, nor should we. Save me because of your mercy. Your undeserved love, Lord. 
nothing I've done, nothing David's done, nothing we've done. Save me, Lord, because of your mercy, because of your love, because of your sending Christ to the cross. And it's interesting in that word, save me, we have the basis for the name Jesus. In Hebrew, the name is Joshua, Yeshua. In Greek, it's Jesus. It's the same name. But the root of that name is there in the word save. David and we call upon the name of the Lord because of his mercy, because of his desire to save us, because of Jesus, because of his love, because of what Christ has done for us in the cross, taking our sin upon himself and paying the penalty that we could not. Because Jesus shed his blood and cleansed us by it. We dare go before the Lord and pray as David did, Lord, save me because of your mercy. Continues and says, for in death no one remembers you. In the grave no one praises you. He's not just being overdramatic. He's saying this is a matter of life and death. Spiritual life and death. I'm worn out from my groaning. I flood my bed all night long with my tears. I dredge my couch. My eyes are blurred with sorrow. They are worn out because of all my foes. And the foes here need not just be physical foes. Yes, the Philistines were always knocking on the door of Israel. They were always fighting back and forth and back and forth. But these can be spiritual foes as well. How often isn't this the case with us? In the dark of night, in the quiet time of the day. Doesn't Satan love to bring up those things, even those sins which we just confessed to the Lord? That the Lord reminded us are forgiven. At times, in the quiet times when we're by ourselves, even when other people are in the house, maybe they're all, all the, the rest of them are asleep, but we're, we're by ourselves. And Satan loves to remind us, yeah, but you did that. Nobody else knows about it, but you did that. Could God really forgive that? Could God really go to the cross for that? Yes, he really did. Yes, he forgave even that. I don't know what it was. Others may not know what it is. You know. And maybe you do flood your bed with tears. But you know who else knows? The Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit knows. Jesus knows. Jesus went to that cross knowing Jesus bore that sin knowing. Jesus shed his blood knowing. Jesus forgave you knowing. 
And if Jesus forgave it and the Lord said, it is finished knowing, then it's done. It's gone. The Lord has forgiven you. And so we can say with David, turn away from me, all you evildoers. Be gone, anyone who would accuse me. Because the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. And these two verbs are done deals. The Lord's heard it. It's done. The Lord's forgiven me. And the Lord accepts my prayer. Now that verb is ongoing. That means there's an ongoing relationship. That means that the Lord is not like maybe human relationships. Well, because sometimes maybe we say to another person, I'll forgive you this time, but I'm sorry. I really can't have anything more to do with you. We have to end this relationship. Maybe we've had to say that in our lives. But not the Lord. The Lord never says to us, I'll, I forgave you this time, but you know, just can't, can't do it. No, can't do it again. The Lord never, ever says that. What does David say? The Lord accepts my prayer. I'm going again and again and again and again until judgment day. It's a little point, but it bears repeating. The Lord will never say, you've done too much. The Lord has forgiven you. Remember what Paul said in the epistle lesson. While we were still in our sins, Christ paid the price for all our sins. They've all been forgiven. The ones in the past, the ones in the present, the ones in the future. They've all been forgiven. That doesn't mean we have a license to sin. That doesn't mean we have a free ticket and get out of jail free card. Doesn't mean we should just go out and, and sin up because Christ already paid for it. What it does mean, we have the blessing of forgiveness and the knowledge to know that even when we do fall, Christ has forgiven us and the Lord will never forsake us. David assures us of that. The Holy Spirit assures us of that. David, the Holy Spirit, through this penitential song, leads us in prayer. We heard a lot about prayer today. Persistent prayer from Abraham. Persistent prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, not only the Lord's Prayer, which we do use persistently, but also persistence in prayer, going to the Lord according to his will, asking according to his will. But yet also Psalm 6, a persistent prayer, a prayer for forgiveness, a prayer of hope, a prayer of faith, a penitential prayer of a sinner as we are before the Lord who forgives. May we always go before the Lord in persistent prayer, in faith, trusting his forgiveness. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.